welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. So this Sunday is the start of a series that we're calling Why Church? And if you haven't yet heard, we want to spend, we want to spend five or six weeks and to unpack a little bit why church? Why did God do this? What is God's intention? What are his plans? And in particular, what are some of the questions or even tensions that have arisen this year out of the gift of COVID? As a believer in particular, I'm sure at times you've really had some questions asked of yourself like, what does worship look like? How do we do church? How, do, how can discipleship look? How do we reach the loss when, we're, when, when we're, we're, we're kind of forced to isolate from one another? Where is the Holy Spirit moving us and in what direction? And so in this series, we're really wanting to kind of explore a little bit of the whys and also the whats and the hows and the whens and the witches of church, church mission, church ministry, church worship. And what does the Bible say about it? If in this process, again, I can't, uh, leaders on Sunday night, but if in this season you've got some questions or some tension points or potentially even some frustrations that have arisen sitting in you, I would love to hear about it. Um, can you send us an email? Send us an email with some thoughts or questions or tensions that have kind of come up in your spirit and send us an email. The address, email address is church without the question mark, just whychurch at gracelife.com.au. Are you ready to go there? Is this thing on? Are you ready to go there? As a church pastor, and more than that, probably as, as a follower of Jesus, I have had to visit again what the church actually what is the church's actual function? And again, we've had this very strong reminder, particularly from COVID, that the church is not so much about a building. God's people are the church. The word can be translated ecclesia. You see that as a Greek word. And all the Greek people said, so lucky. <laughs> ecclesia which means called out ones, ones that are called out. And why are they called out? They're called out unto God for His purposes, for His desires. So church can be translated as those that are called out. It's also translated in the New Testament, actually see a few references here, as the assembly of the called out ones. So in a sense, if you are called out by God, you are the church. Us together, this is the church. This building is not the church. This building is a warehouse for which the church can worship and minister from and connect with. So the ecclesia is a really important thing for us to consider as the family of God, as the body of Christ, as the community where Jesus is at the center. Really interesting for me because here in WA we, we have had such loose restrictions on this as, as a church on meeting 
compare us with Victoria, I've still got friends and ministers and leaders that, that cannot meet like this. There are some places where they can't even meet in life groups. We're, we're in a virtual bubble over here. We do our very best to uphold what the government has, um, has said of us. I shouldn't say requested, it's actually a requirement. So even how we do services is quite different, but at least we get to have services and worship services. At least we get to assemble like this. I didn't realize how much I missed you until I couldn't get to meet with you. I missed you guys. And it was a few months there where we're at home and trying to do the online thing and we're still going to do the online thing for people that can't make it in. We still have people that, uh, that because of their health, are reluctant to head out. And, and that. But for us, we were having conversations as pastors and leaders. Maybe you've seen posts on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever. What else is there? Snapchat and TikTok and <laughs> telephone. Pastors and leaders exclaiming, we know that the church is about the people, not the building. It doesn't matter so much about meeting. Let's reach the lost. Let's pivot. Let's move in different ways to reach the lost. But then what happened in WA was that when restrictions were lifted and we could meet again, it was like we forgot to talk about those things. And we made it all about meeting again. Meeting is important. The family meal is important. Jesus founded a rhythm, a weekly rhythm, to go to the Gog, to go to the temple, go on a weekly occasion. It's important to worship and minister and fellowship. I'm not opposed to that. And my encouragement to you is that if you're a Bible-believing, saved by Christ, follower of Jesus, if, if you love Him and He's called you, make it a habit to worship every Sunday on the first day of the week. Make it part of your rhythm. It doesn't save you, but it certainly does help you. And it's not just about us being helped anyway. It's what you bring to the table. I have that um, I don't always get along with. But I tell you what, <laughs> when we have Easter or Christmas or we have our family gatherings together, well, gee, it's good to be with everyone again. It's good to see everyone again. It's good to enjoy a meal again. I'm kind of grateful that I don't have to be with that uncle week in, week out, because he's a little bit strange. <laughs> but I tell you what, I do love him. Some of you are looking at me the same way. I'm a little, I'm a little bit weird at times. You might think that, but you still got to love me. And so the church is this fascinating family, this amazing concept that God instituted where he has his own people who are called by his name. And he says, they are mine and I also belong to them. And I, I want to show up when they meet up together. Be As Bunny Lim has shared, I want there to be encouragement in the place. Where there is unity, the Spirit tends to rock up. When did the Holy Spirit rock up in Acts chapter 2? What were, when we were at Acts chapter 1 and chapter 2, what were the disciples doing? They were together. They were together. Where does God command a blessing? When we're in unity. And so Jesus, when he starts to unpack about this church, he first, chapter 16, if you've got your swords, pull them out. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16. I'm going to read from verse 18.
Jesus says this, and I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. The church said, the three things I want to mention to you about this one verse. The first thing is this. I tell you, you are Peter and on this rock, on this rock, who knows what? Peter means. How is it translated? Rock. Was Jesus saying that? Not what he was saying. He was using, though, the name of Peter as rock to say, on this rock, what was the rock? Well, the rock was the revelation that Peter had. Let's go back a couple of verses. On this rock, I'll build my church. On this rock, verse 13, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, well, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and other, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, Bar meaning son of. Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who's in heaven. And I tell you, that you are Peter, and on this rock, or on this revelation of Christ, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The church is built on Jesus. It's built on Jesus. He is the foundation. Jesus is the foundation. It has to be. It's on the revelation of Jesus. Hey, I've got some news for you. I love church meetings like this. I love services. But if I can't meet Jesus, it's, it's a waste. Saved by a church assembly. You're not, a saved by, you're not saved by reading your Bible. The Bible doesn't save you. Ask the Pharisees. You can get a degree in the Bible and still not be saved. The Bible doesn't save you. But if you meet Jesus in the Bible, you can be saved. Can I go a bit further? Prayer doesn't save you. We can all pray, but unless I meet Jesus in the prayer, be saved. Where is Jesus? Have you connected with Jesus? Do you have a revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? Maybe you've been rocking up to church services or assemblies like this for many years and you still have yet to encounter Jesus as the true and the living God. It's not rocking up that's going to save you. It's knowing Jesus, oh, that we would know him and the power upon this rock, I'll build my church. Upon this revelation, I'll build my church. If there's no revelation that Jesus is Lord, he's not going to build it. The church is built on him. On him. Your life cannot be built showing itself with fruit and on Jesus. You can get results, but you can't have fruit. You can get stuff done, but you can't see fruit unless Jesus is at the core of it all. 
His unchanging plan, it says in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 5, His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into His own family by bringing us to Himself through Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 and 11. Can we show this on the screen, please? Paul writes to a group of believers that are actually a little bit immature. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation. Watch that word. I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care of how he builds upon it. Verse 11, key for us. Underline it if you haven't already. For no one can lay a foundation, which is Jesus Christ. The foundation is Jesus. I wonder if I can go so far to say that this year COVID has been somewhat of a gift to God's church. That it was a blessing in disguise. That perhaps what the enemy had intended for evil, God has redeemed to use for good. I wonder if COVID has shown us up a little bit and shown us our priorities lie or our faith lies. Because I don't know about you, but my faith has been tested. I've been tested this year. And at the beginning of COVID, I'm so excited. Oh, everything's been stripped back and all the structures are stripping back and we're being laid bare. I'm getting all this time with Jesus. Meanwhile, Netflix is getting overdrive. And we replace one distraction with another. And so as things are being stripped back, even processes and structures in in our view of what Christianity needs to look like, perhaps for you, perhaps for you, the beginning and the end of your Christian existence or your Christian relationship or walk with Christ, perhaps it's just a Sunday morning. Can I tell you, take that away? What are we left with? Is this important? Yes, it's important. It's helpful. God calls for us to do it. I love you, but I tell you what, I love him even more. COVID has reminded us that the single most important thing in this whole world is our relationship with him. And we've got to fight for that relationship with him to be kept because there are threats constantly looking to distract us and dissuade us to, to get our eyes off Jesus. Upon this rock, upon this revelation, upon me, a church. COVID has helped us to see that he still builds. Even when our idea of building has gone to the wayside, he's still building and we get to kind of co-labor with him. So he, 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 he shows us that the church is built on him, but he also show, shows us that it is being built by him. The church is being built by Jesus. It says, you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build. I will build it. Meaning he is the builder. He has a plan. It takes the pressure off me. I'm called to make disciples, but he does the building. He's building. And I, I don't know how I had this epiphany years ago where I didn't need to try so for people to like me. I let God do it. He does the heavy lifting. I just kind of get caught up. I just get to hang on to his coattails because I know that he's doing the building, not me. Well, how does he do it? 
How does God build us? How does he build his church? How does he do it? Well, he, it's only by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit uses two very key, very prominent, very critical vehicles that the Holy Spirit uses through the Bible and the bride. The Bible. This book. This amazing book. This holy book. This, this book... From beginning to end, shows us that God was always about building a family. From beginning to end, it's always been about family. That our Father has wanted to share in His love with a family. Does He need us? No. Does He want us? Yes. And it was to share that love. And so He builds us, He strengthens us, He challenges us, and He grows us through His Holy Word. But also, have a guess what? It's through his people. I need you to help me grow up. And I have found personally that I grow, when I look back, I grow the most by the power of the Holy Spirit through moments of tension. (laughs) Or when I disagree with people. Or when I don't like them. Or when I don't get my way. Now, if I'm isolated and by myself over here, hello? A lot of, can 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 I be honest with you? As a, I've been uh, a pastor now, 2002 in some capacity or another. That's 18 years. Eight, 18 years. Now we put it in those terms. What am I doing? I get 20 years for murder and I'm almost there. 18 years. As a youth pastor, as an associate pastor, even as a senior pastor, I kind of fantasize a little bit about not being in community with Christians. I'm just being honest with you. That's my flesh, right? We all have these moments. Don't look at me like that with halos around your head. Look at you. You've got wings popping out of your back there. You're so, I'm telling you now, do you ever have those moments where you're like, oh, I'm sick of Christians? I'm only seeing one or two of you. The rest of you are like holding hands and singing Kumbaya with each other. This is really quite amazing. But we belong to each other. It says this, Romans 12, 5. In Christ, we who are many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. Ephesians 2.19, you are citizens along, you are members of God's family. So, we're related, you and me. (laughs) We're related. Sorry, we're family. We're family. And that's okay and that's good. There are Christians at times, I don't know if you've ever met them, perhaps you've been one of them, said, yeah, no, I, I, I like Jesus. Hello? Do you know how ridiculous that must sound? It's like saying, hey, Jesus, you're the head. I kind of I like the head, but I'm no fan of the body. The face kind of looks good. The body, <laughs> the church, <laughs> the people. <laughs> when Saul was on the road to Damascus and Jesus confronts him, Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He was persecuting coming against the body. Of Christ. He was coming against the believers. And Jesus was taking that personally because when you come against the body of believers, you're actually coming against him. So I need, I, need a, I need a check in my mind at times. Perhaps I can see Jesus in each of you. And I'm to celebrate those differences that we may have. Because we all have different perspectives on him. And I need you. God places us 
in community, created from a community. And we are there for here for community, created from community, holy, the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. We're created from community to be placed in community for community. We're reflecting Him. We need each other. Oh, but you know what? I've got too many issues with the people in my church. I, I, I want to go find another church. Or There's another church that does children's ministry better. There's another church that does um, worship better. And I'm not opposed to God moving people from a local congregation or a local assembly to another. But for some reason, I don't think it needs to happen as often as it does. It's almost like our, our worldly culture of consumerism has seeped into the family of God. And it's like we, we go to church congregations and instead of consulting God first, we think, mm, nah, oh, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't like the length of the preaching. I just, does it make a difference? Absolutely it does. Can I just say, it's okay. But I wonder if, 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 if there are occasions where the church of Ephesus says, hey, too long, I'm going over to Corinth. getting a bit quiet all of a sudden what's going on here right you're picking up what i'm putting down here well the guys at corinth going oh oh the youth ministry is way better at one, in the province of galatia we're just going to hop over down there does god move us from congregation yeah, absolutely he does when we reload yeah absolutely he does but let's not allow our carnal immaturity override what God's sovereignty is about. We've got Bob Margaret Stevenson who traveled from Mandra. What champions. There are times I wanted to leave this place. I remember being a youth pastor. I'm like, I've got to get out of here. And the Lord said, have I told you to leave? So okay. And I'm so glad that I worked through what I had to work through. <laughs> because it grew me up. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11 says this. This is about us growing up, how Jesus builds us. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity, there's that word again, of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried out by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. I'm going to read the next two verses. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love what's that saying so christ gives gifts for his people to then train to equip release us all as believers for the work of the ministry which means the work of the ministry is not just for those holding a microphone we're all missionaries we're all empowered we all have his holy spirit 
But one great thing of, of, of us being together, being in close proximity, being on Sundays, being in life groups, being in times of prayer and worship, is that we get to sharpen each other up and we get to challenge each other. We get to equip one another. Why? So we can grow up to be sent out again. So we gather so we can be dispersed. We gather on a Sunday for a couple of hours so that we can be kicked out so that we're ready to Wednesday, whenever that day might be. We need one another. And we're different if we're all the same. If we're all the same. How boring would that be? Might be easier, you say. I know. But I want Christ to be formed in me. And that means he's going to place me with people that are going to challenge me. In Tanzania, Sue Broad tipped me off onto this one. In Tanzania, has anyone heard about the great wildebeest migration between Kenya and Tanzania on the plains of the Serengeti? This happens over 2 million animals every year. It's phenomenal. Past new story. You would have come across this in Tanzania. I've been to Tanzania. It's phenomenal. Now, what's really interesting is that wildebeests and zebras migrate together migration. It's, it's, it's a phenomenon. They're different. Why, why do they do that? The main reason is that they're better together. Zebras have amazing eyesight. But wildebeests don't. They're good with hearing and smell. They work together to find food and water and also for potential threats. Zebras can see from afar. Wildebeests cannot. But wildebeests can hear and smell when zebras cannot. Together, they're better. Different weaknesses, different strengths, and God amazingly gather to help them move forward. To not just stay alive, but also to succeed. Are you picking up what I'm putting down here? In this room, we are different. And that's good. We have various weaknesses and strengths. And that's good. God designs us. Look in your family systems. Look in your marriages. My goodness. Husbands and wives, how different are you from each other? And we curse our spouse because they're not thinking the same or they're not seeing the same. They're not smelling the same. But they're different. They have different strengths. So we should be blessing them for that. The same thing in the family of God. Jeez, I might have touched on a raw nerve there. I'm seeing a few people nudge each other there. 1 Corinthians 12 tells us if the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of, sense of hearing? If the whole body sense of smell. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. When we join a club, we, we, our natural proclivity is to meet and mingle with people or in that club with people that are just like us. But in God's family, he throws us together with people who are different. As different as a hand is to a nose. <laughs> and those differences can sometimes rub you up the wrong way, can't they? Praise God for that. But these differences are designed 
to benefit us, to grow us, and to appreciate Him because He's trying to build. Your spiritual growth doesn't depend on agreeing with everyone, but it does depend on loving them enough to live together agreeably. This is what it says in Ephesians 4.16. The whole body is fitted together perfectly. As each part does its own special parts grow, so the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Let's go back to that verse in Matthew chapter 16. I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church. My church. My church. Whose church? It's So the church is built on Jesus. It's built by Jesus. It's built for Jesus, which means we, as a church, as a family, as a community, as a body, we are here for him. For his glory. And this is important important for us because if it's my church, I get to do whatever I want with it. But if it's his church, he gets to do what he wants. Think for a moment. If you you were the head of the church, (laughs) what would you do different? What would you do different? If you were the head of the church, what decisions would you make? I've thought about this one. There'd be no problems at all if I was the head of the church. There'll be no issues. I'm telling you right now, no problems, no suffering, no pain. No. <laughs> no people. But the, he's the head, Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. He put all things under his feet. This is talking about God the Father and gave him, Christ, as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Built for Jesus, which means he is the owner. He is the body. He's the king. And the king's going to do and say things that I don't like sometimes, but that's okay because he owns it. He owns it. And you know what's so beautiful about this? You know, what belongs to him, he loves. He's passionate about his church. He's passionate about his church. He's passionate about you. His love for you is incredible. Even when we're unloving and unfaithful, he is totally loving. I'm so glad he's the boss. I'm so glad that he's the head. I'm too immature to be the boss. He loves you incredibly. Which means functions of the church like worship and fellowship, discipleship, ministry and mission. They're all facilitated and empowered by a God-man who's motivated by love for us. God's so good to us, you know. The more that I walk with Jesus, the more that I realize I really don't deserve him. And then I'm reminded by the grace he would take me as I am, pick me up, regenerate me, change me, give me life, breathe into my nostrils, give me his spirit by grace 
to see, to move, to live, to have my being. And then get to celebrate life with amazing people in his family like you. The church is his vehicle to and to show him off to the world. The Holy Spirit doesn't just have to do it. He loves to do it. To work through us to show off Jesus through his church. I got this message brewing in a few weeks about the church as an essential service. It's really interesting that there were other services and places of employment or work that could stay open because they were dead service. But the government didn't feel that the church was an essential service. So we shut down. Now for us, we know that it's an essential, for us it's essential to meet, to pray, the corporate anointing, the laying on of hands, all that sort of stuff. Oh, But I shouldn't be getting upset with the world for not seeing us as essential if we haven't shot or been the salt of the earth. And so here's an opportunity for God's church in this nation, even across the world, to really let the light shine, to really let the saltiness out of the salt shaker so that the world does come knocking on the door of the church and, hey, we need some counsel. What are your thoughts? What's God saying about the matter? How do we minister? How do we reach out? How do we serve? What can we do? There are certain nations in Australia, that's not where we are right now. But by God's grace, we can stand. Perhaps we're just years away from that. As we finish, and just as I hand over to Brett in just a moment, I just want us to pray about this. Um, that God show people we are to Him. The love factor. We belong to Him. The church belongs to Him. We're here for His glory, to lift up His name. And in the process, we get to know that sense of belonging. Can we just pray for that? To experience the love of God as the church can. Father, right now in this room, we thank you that we get to meet in the sense that this is the assembly. But Lord, more importantly, we are the church. We are your family. We are your body. We are your community. And I ask, Lord, in this house, also for Livingston, also for Ellenbrook, Lord, beyond that even, your global church, Lord, that we would see and know and experience the love of God found in Christ Jesus. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.